Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. But wait a minute. Fox News says you are, you know, that you're on Team Biden and you are a mouthpiece for the Democrats. And yet here you are defending Peter Ducey, who, as far as I've been able to tell, is indeed a dumb son of a bitch. So... I, uh, I, I do not agree with that. And I, and I will say, like, standards for decency uh, don't have to do with whether or not you like the people that are being treated poorly. It just has to do with the standard. And yes, I recognize that. Um, right. I recognize that uh, Peter's channel probably would never come to my defense like that, but it is what it is. Which uh, was completely inaccurate. I like Jake Tapper in general there of CNN, who was on. Jimmy Kimmel the other night. This is around the whole dumb son of a bitch. Is that what the president called the Peter Ducey? Something like that. Do we have that? Um, you're right. what a stupid son of a bitch. I'm sorry, stupid SOB. Um, Jake Tapper there on Jimmy Kimmel saying the Fox would probably never come to my defense. Uh, there are a specific letter written from Fox to the White House when they were. Um, I forget which reporter they were treating badly during the Trump years, but Fox said they uh, don't agree with the positions of the various reporters, but they stand up for the right for all. All uh, Oh, it was a uh, Trump was going to kick out one of CNN's reporters and Fox uh, came to the defense of the CNN reporter. So Jake Tapper is uh, completely wrong on that topic. Fox did come to CNN's defense back in the day when Trump was trying to kick a reporter out of the White House briefing room. And the other part of it is just the whole Peter Ducey's a dumb SOB and the crowd cheers widely because Fox is just a stupid, biased news channel. They're not real news like MSNBC and CNN. How does this continue among some of y'all? Look, they're all unbelievably slanted. At least the opinion shows Fox is. Yes, so are the other ones. How How is everybody not aware of that? Or do you just delude yourselves? Are y'all lying to yourselves and pretending that my channel, Fox, is uh, fair on all the shows? It's the other channels that lie. No, they're all slanted, the opinion shows, on all of those channels, one way to other. But can't we grow up enough to just take that in? Wow, it's just so disturbing to me, this stupid anti-intellectual game that is being played all the way around. What a stupid son of a bitch. It's nothing personal, pal. I appreciate Jake Tapper saying Peter Ducey is not a, a stupid SOB. Appreciate that. And uh, and then saying something about respect for all journalists and the crowd sharing that a little bit anyway there. Alex was able to dig up the Peter Dinklage Snow White story on why he's unhappy with the way uh, Disney is remaking Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Maybe we'll get to that later. Also have a great piece in the Wall Street Journal from Jason Riley, who we like around here about the Supreme Court taking up the college admissions case on racial preferences, and hopefully this will be the end of it, and how this is going to affect affirmative action in general. So we'll get to that coming up a little bit later. Um, A couple of China stories for you that I found very interesting. We mentioned the other day that the Australian Open tennis tournament is going on right now, and officials at the Australian Open had kicked out a couple of Chinese guys that were there in the crowd at the Australian Open for wearing T-shirts that said, where is Peng Shui? 
Peng Shui is the Chinese tennis player, female, uh, one of the best players in the world, who has more or less disappeared in China, got involved in a sexual relationship with one of the high ups in the Communist Party, and then she just disappeared. It's uh, who knows what's going on there. Uh, but anyway, so you got some uh, Chinese guys showed up in the crowd there at the Australian Open with where is Peng Shui t-shirts. They were kicked out of the Australian Open because they have rules that say you can't have any political slogans on your t-shirts. They have backtracked on that after quite a bit of pushback and said that the guys can come back with their t-shirts, which I think is the right thing to do. And Australia's defense minister made the statement that support for Peng Shui is a a human rights issue, not a political one. Okay, you're massaging the topic a little bit because all human rights issues do end up being political issues. But he is on the right side of this, and I'm glad that he is standing up to China. Um, In any country that stands up to China, it's a good thing. And Australia is in China's backyard, so they definitely should. Speaking of China's backyard, Japan's in China's backyard, and China raised a threat to Taiwan over the weekend with a huge new naval presence that hasn't been getting enough attention. The Financial Times reporting this. China has established a constant naval presence close to southern Japan and eastern Taiwan and a marked expansion of Beijing's sea power that has focused attention on the area as a potential future battleground. For at least six months now, The People's Liberation Army Navy, that's what the commies call their navy, rotated destroyers and missile um, ships through the waters east and south of the island chain that we battled for so much during World War II. You know why those battles were so bloody on Okinawa and some of those other islands? Because they're so strategically placed for Japan and China. That's why they were such bloody battles, and they still are strategically placed. And now China has got warships right around those islands. One U.S. defense official said the uh, communist Chinese Navy had increased its presence in the western Pacific. He said it now had a consistent presence with one warship in the area that was usually accompanied by a second warship. And analysts see the western Pacific as Western Pacific as the main location for a potential clash between the U.S. and China. If Beijing attacks Taiwan, that is where the naval battle would go down, and China now has a much stronger presence in those waters. That's a big development that was announced over the weekend. Now something a little more fun, but also interesting out of China. China has launched an internet purification campaign for the Lunar New Year. China has launched a month-long campaign to clean up online content. I wish we could do that in the United States. As long as I'm the one who's in charge of which gets to stay and what's get, what gets booted out. In its latest efforts to reshape behavior on the Internet there in China, the Cyberspace Administration of China, which is not an Orwellian name at all, the country's top Internet regulator, has instructed officials to sweep away, quote, illegal content and information, which, of course, is whatever the Communist Party says is illegal. And target celebrity fan groups, online abuse, money worship, child influencers, and the homepages of media sites. Wait a second. You started with uh, illegal content, and now you're down to media sites and child influencers? How is, how is that illegal? The campaign will apply the tradition of cleaning house before the new year, the most important holiday in China, um, envisioning a purification of the online world. You know, I've bounced around the internet a little bit. Uh, One thing the Internet is not is pure. 
There's some, and I don't know, this might come shock. It'd be a shock to some of you people, but there's a, there's some pretty tawdry stuff on the internet. I hate to tell you. The edict there in China is the latest step in Beijing's clampdown on the entertainment industry. They're going after the entertainment industry in China as authorities purge content deemed immoral, unpatriotic, and non-mainstream from online culture. Of course, sometimes immoral in uh, the Communist Party can be um, people talking about being in love, for instance. That's the sort of thing the Communist Party hates. President Xi has unleashed a broader effort to reshape Chinese social media uh, culture and mores, diminishing materialism and Western influence in favor of a more nationalistic and homegrown approach. Xi's government has launched a common prosperity drive to push for a greater wealth distribution. Well, that's the whole communist thing which has prompted a surge of charitable giving by the tech sector. Yeah, I'm sure it has, or you end up in prison. Officials have often mandated that television shows and movies include celebrities' nationalities in the credits. When you roll the credits on a TV show or a movie in China, you have to include the nationality. And shame those who have given up their Chinese citizenship. Censors have also escalated their culling of content deemed to be misaligned with the Communist Party's priorities. Targets have included effeminate young men, for instance. A Chinese actor who visited Tokyo's some shrine that is anti-communist. He has been uh, culled from the entertainment world. Um, and an actress who attracted scandal in part for using a surrogate to have a baby born in the United States. Can't have that. Many celebrities have found themselves blacklisted from television and online media, and China's cyberspace regulators eager to keep disgraced public figures from returning to the limelight. Which, of course, in our internet, practically anything can happen, but China really clamps down on that. We talked a, a while back about that whole effeminate young men that they're trying to keep off of radio, uh, TV, and movies, and off the internet. They don't think it looks strong enough, so they got a panel of communists who decide whether or not this particular actor is manly enough to be in a TV show. And if they decide he's not manly enough, sorry, you can't be in the TV show. You want to live in a world like that? Let China take over the world. Uh, one more quote from this. China needs to strictly prevent law-breaking and immoral stars and artists from making use of evening broadcasts or live streaming to stage comebacks. Remember, they're super anti... Um, what is the name of that... Korean pop band BTS MBT BTS BTS. Thank you. You you a fan of BTS, Alex? Uh, no, but no. another person in the newsroom is a yeah. huge fan of them. They're one of the biggest acts in the entire world, but China hates them because it's uh, immoral. And, well, and they probably find the guys to be too effeminate because the guys are pretty effeminate in BTS. Um, coming up. Speaking of uh, China and Asians, not being able to get into Harvard because you got too many Asians that are too smart. Um, that might not be able to continue anymore. And uh, uh, Mr. Riley of the Wall Street Journal thinks that's a good idea. We'll have that for you coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I read that the SAT exam is going fully digital and being shortened from three hours to two. Wow, that's like, that's like, uh, sorry, I don't have an analogy. I bombed on the verbal on my SATs. I'm more of a math guy. Eventually, the exam will just be one question. Do you have $200,000 to pay for college? 
No. Uh, that's uh, that's more. That's a deeper joke than uh, than it might seem at first blush. The whole college scam. Getting educated is not a scam, but the whole who gets in and what it costs is a scam. Um, so why is it? Can somebody explain to me why the whole SET story got so much attention? Is there something I'm missing on that? Is it, why is that such a big deal? I've heard that story like 15 times in the last two days. Do you have any idea, Michael? No, I never took the SAT. I didn't either. We didn't. I didn't have it, and it probably speaks to the kind of college I went to that it wasn't required to get in, but. I don't understand why changing to online is such a big deal. Um, uh, one other thing before I get to the meat of uh, what I'm going to talk about here. Oh, coming up. I came across a Reddit thread last night for people that don't want to work or don't believe they should have to work or think that there's something unfair about having to work. And it's quite stunning. So uh, if you haven't heard about this, I want you to stay tuned. I uh, I don't really have a bucket list. Um, I didn't have kids until I was uh, older than you should be to have kids, and uh, I wish I had started earlier. I regret that decision, but um, uh, I did a lot of stuff. I, I did everything I wanted to do when I was younger, so I have no bucket list. There, there's nothing else I need to do in my life other than uh, raise my kids and get them out into the world and and that sort of stuff. But if I did have a bucket list, on my bucket list would be to find the guy who designed the toilet paper dispenser, the commercial toilet paper dispenser, the kind that you have like at work or at a Target or an airport or any place like that. The toilet paper dispenser that is made in such a way that the rolls are lodged in there and they can't turn. They're jammed in there in such a way that you can't possibly get any toilet paper out of there other than ripping off one piece at a time. And I want my, so my bucket list is I want to meet the guy who, who invented that and I want to fight him in an, in an octagon, except I get to have a wrench and he has to have his hands tied behind his back. <laughs> and that's what my, is on my bucket list to fight the son of a gun who invented the commercial toilet paper dispenser. You bastard. You cruel, sadistic bastard! I, I want to. This is what I want to do. Maybe okay. So I won't beat him with a wrench. I want to see him get toilet paper out of it. Show me, smart guy. You invented it. You designed it. You show me how you get toilet paper to roll out of that thing because it can't be done. And I hate you. And everybody should hate you. And I hope you spend eternity in hell sitting on a toilet. Trying to get toilet paper out of your own damn dispenser. That's why I just bring mine from home. It's a good idea. You know, why have I never done that? We finally did that in the in the newsroom here. We were fighting with the coffee machine, and Alex went to a thrift store and bought a, a coffee maker. So now we make our own coffee. Why don't I just bring a roll of the good stuff? The 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 what are the, 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 the what's the kind I use? The, the Charmin? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's a it's like a sheet of cotton. I mean it's 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 fantastic. It's got a higher thread count than the sheets on my bed. The really good toilet paper. Why don't I bring a roll to work? And if I ever need to, remember we've had employees uh, here, people worked here. Remember Vince, our old producer, he would not, he would go home if he had to use the bathroom rather than then go at work. He just had a thing about it. <laughs> he would go all the way home. But uh, uh, I, why haven't I done that? Bring my own great roll of toilet paper and take it with me. 
maybe get a, a, a bag to, to carry it in. So, so, you know, so I'm not a guy in a suit walking around with a roll of toilet paper in my hand, which could, you know, make people wonder what the hell's going on there. I get some sort of a decorative bag, like one of those messenger bags they sell at uh, at uh, Urban Outfitters. And I'll, I'll keep my toilet paper in there. And if I need to go to the restroom, I'll, I'll bring my own. That's a really, really good idea. Bring a newspaper with you. You got the whole station set up. Yeah, my uh, my uh, 10-year-old now, when he heads to the bathroom, he takes his Nintendo Switch with him, and he says, what? It's like reading a newspaper. That's what he always says. That's how you get stuck on there for hours and hours. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sitting in the toilet with his Nintendo Switch. That's funny. Um, Peter Dinklage, who is uh, suffer- I almost said suffers. I should not say that. That is not the right word. Has a form of dwarfism, a famous actor from Game of Thrones. He was on Seinfeld. He's not happy with Disney over their new Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. I want to talk about that. I will get to the Jason Riley piece in the Wall Street Journal about college admissions. I think we're about to get this straightened out and do the right thing. There's a new study out of Duke about that. If you haven't heard, um, it might change your mind on the whole college admissions thing, if you like the way it is. Um, Could change your mind. New study out of Duke. So all that stuff is on the way. If you miss an hour of the show, you can grab the podcast. It's at armstrongandgetty.com. You can get any hour in podcast form. I don't I don't know if you knew that. Like if you usually listen to hour number two, but you miss the other hours, you can listen to all the hours anytime you want on your phone or whatever device you got. Just go to armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A new Omicron subvariant spreading through parts of Europe and Asia has been detected in the U.S., with reports of a handful of cases in Texas and Washington State. Researchers do not know whether BA2 is any more dangerous than the original Omicron variant, but its emergence serves as a stark reminder of the coronavirus's ability to mutate while it's in circulation. Globally, the conditions are ideal for more variants All right, to just, emerge. Whatever. Just wanted to get that on for those of you who are big fans of the Scariants. Yet another variant. No, not Omicron. The new improved Omicron that they announced yesterday. I, so My calendar here. New variant. New variant. I'm sorry. I just can't fit you in. Yeah, whatever. So that's that. So, hey, uh, nice to be back. Sorry, as Jack, I'm sure, made clear, I'm working remotely, and uh, we had a massive Internet outage in my hood. Luckily, the uh, golf course down the road had power and said, come on over, we'd be honored. So here I am. If I sound funny, uh, what are you going to do? So that you missed out on me challenging toilet paper guy to a wrench fight. That's too bad. Um, Whoa. Damn, I'll listen to the podcast later at armstrongyogetti.com. Yeah, so uh, coming up, San Jose is going to be the first city in America to do what about guns? They are going to demand that everybody get, you know, I've got it here somewhere, uh, still getting settled, that everybody has with a firearm has to have liability insurance wow. and be able to prove it Okay, Fantastic. to legally own a gun. Obviously, that would be a game changer. You don't need liability insurance for the First Amendment or any of the other uh, rights, uh, constitutionally guaranteed rights. But more on that in a little bit. I want to talk about this. So uh, the Supreme Court um, decided the other day to take up 
the whole college admissions around race thing as a topic. And uh, this could change college admissions forever and, of course, could have a lot to do with just affirmative action in general. I want to read a little bit from the Jason Riley piece in the Wall Street Journal today. A chance to remove race from college admissions. Because I hadn't heard about this Duke study, or I had and I'd forgotten it. Uh, A couple of researchers from Duke University published an academic paper in 2012 on how racial preferences affect the number of black science and economics majors at elite universities. It's the type of research the Supreme Court might want to keep in mind now that it has agreed to hear cases challenging the use of race-conscious admissions policies at Harvard and the University of North Carolina. Obviously, if the Supreme Court ruled, it wouldn't just affect those two schools. It would affect you know, all, all institutions across America and maybe affirmative action in general. Uh, the researchers at Duke found that among incoming freshmen at Duke who reported a major, more than 76% of black males intended to major in economics or the hard sciences. A higher percentage than even white males. Stem stuff. Yet only 35% of black male students went on to obtain a degree in one of these majors, which means a drop of 41 percentage points. So you come into college with the intention of getting one of those hard majors, you don't finish. In contrast... The difference between initial and finishing proportions among white males was only a difference of five percentage points. So of all the people that were white and a male that said, I'm going to be a science major, economics major, almost all of them graduated. Remarkably, the study found that this gap in attrition rates could be accounted for by looking at entry-level test scores among students. Like other selective schools, Duke admits some black students who have lower SAT scores on average than those of white applicants. But other black students who are admitted have academics. Um, sorry, but other black students who are admitted have academic credentials that match those of the typical Duke freshman. Not surprisingly, those black students with test scores similar to the white average were no more likely than white students to switch out of the more challenging engineering, economics, or natural science majors. The Duke findings, findings are important because they demonstrate that racial preferences in college admissions are not only legally dubious, because you're trying to fix racism with racism, that that last sentence was mine, not Jason Rowley's, but also counterproductive. Students who would likely thrive at a less selective institution are struggling at elite schools where they are admitted for aesthetic purposes. This is obvious. After the University of California system ended its race-conscious admission policies in the 90s, black students were steered into schools that better matched their academic preparation, and black graduation rates rose. Proponents insist that no black middle class would exist in the absence of affirmative action, yet the track record suggests that racial preferences have resulted in fewer architects and scientists and physicians than would have existed in the absence of these policies. You know, anybody who's ever been over their head in any experience, especially an academic and experience, I have <laughs> knows knows how terrifying that is. Oh, and, it's the worst and and discouraging. And and Jason Riley's argument is the one that I've really been affected by and moved by through the years. That it is absolutely the opposite of doing these kids a service by throwing them into the shark pool of these so-called elite universities, as opposed to uh, a school, as you know, he was indicating, that better matches their level of preparation, that meets the kids where they are. See, that's the problem. 
Harvard, Yale, Duke, whatever, are not built to bring you up to speed and get you where you want to go in the way that some other schools are. And having sent three of my kids through college, um, one of my kids in particular, Kate, my oldest, who's on the autism spectrum, she absolutely needed a more nurturing environment, not a super competitive, uh, you know, who's the best of the best of the best. And it was very, very good for her. So, yeah, the idea that you are going to kind of wallpaper on uh, academic achievement at the point of a kid going to college is just it's it's counterproductive. It's worse than not productive. I think it hurts kids. Well, it clearly does. And as Jason Riley points out, you end up with fewer black architects and scientists. So, I mean, you can't get more counterproductive than that. There's two parts of it that are uh, a problem to me. One, you got the the fact that it's just flat-out racism. It's just flat-out racism that you're not letting other, sometimes Asian kids or white kids, who are qualified to be in that program at that school, in because of their race. You're Mm -hmm. not letting them in. I mean, what could be more racist than that? And then it's the same topic we were talking about yesterday. So grad high school graduation rates are down across the country which is troubling because they lowered the standards in so many different places because of COVID. So we know you missed out on two years of high school, so we're going to lower the standards for graduation. And even with that, graduation rates have gone down. But we were talking about, how do you think you're doing anybody a favor by sending them out into the world with less than a high school education? You really think you're helping anybody? Sure, the statistic at the top looks good, X number of kids graduated high school, or if you want to make it about race, X number of brown or black kids graduated high school, but you're not doing anybody any favors, and it's the same thing here. You're not helping a kid by putting him in a college that he can't handle. You're not helping anybody. How, how How do they not understand that? In the same way they teach to the test, they graduate to the percentage. They just graduate as many people as it takes to keep uh, the parents and the government off their back and to make the schools look like they're functioning. Uh, you know, there's another point that popped into my head. that Oh, oh, you know, the idea of, um, and this is such a basic argument, but I think it's worth rewinding now and again. The idea that, yes, we're going to discriminate racially to fix the racial discrimination of the past. We are good enough. We are smart enough. We are wise enough to wield that awesome and horrifying power in a way that is ultimately good. I'm here to tell you, and I will I will stand up to any disagreement. Human beings are not worthy of that trust. None of us are. To be granted a power that dangerous and enormous? You see how it's gone in the past? Do you think the rationale of, of the racists of the past was any more high-minded sounding? Do you think they didn't quote science as they committed their horrific acts? You know, from, from the, the slavery in the New World to the slavery in Africa, to the slaughters and genocides all over the world, to Nazi Germany, you name it. The Soviet, the, the Mao. Chairman Mao and and the horrors of communist China, they all said, you can trust us with the awesome power to discriminate. Humans can't handle that, period. Oh, and I had one more awesome text I wanted to hit on that very topic before we take a break, because we got to talk about that gun thing. Um, 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 um. Maybe I can't find it. It The idea was, uh, so there's, there's, there's racism... Uh, everywhere, everything you, the, the the certain crowds can see racism in everything that's twists some statistics or results or whatever, and it's clearly racism. But there's not racism in our universities. 
That is just what you were just talking about, some high-minded social engineering that is only fair. No racism there whatsoever to exclude white kids and Asian kids, for instance, from being able to get into a program. Um, right. I had one more point on Oh, one aspect of this that would help is if we just would get away from this putting any importance on what college you go to thing. If we could get away from that, that would help a lot. So you don't have people saying, my kid's going to Duke. Who freaking cares? Get them into a university where they can succeed and get out into the real world and have their real life start, which doesn't include ever what college you went to. Right. That right. would be helpful. Well, that's that's part of the problem with the elite of the elite running so much, including the media of America. They have this twisted perception of who gives a flying, I almost said a naughty word, um, about, you know, whether you went to Duke or Yale. So am I going to have to get some sort of special liability insurance for owning a gun? Maybe things are going that way. More details on that coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Department of Homeland Security has warned that Russia could launch a cyber attack against the U.S. Yep, they're basing this on evidence from every day for the last 60 years. (laughs) But the attacks could be serious. Russia could cripple the electrical grid or worse, turn off TikTok. (laughs) America's like, just in case, I'm changing my password from 1234 to 1234 exclamation point. Yeah, is there any reason to think having a symbol in there makes it harder to crack? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they don't have time to hit the shift key and reach all the way up there, the hackers. I think all that stuff is made up. Made up I don't veneer. know that much about uh, uh, hacking into a password to be able to speak with I know authority. That, I know that the origins of it, I do know that the origins of it is all complete BS. But now is not the time to talk about that. No, it is not, sir. Restrain yourself. CNBC had a pretty darn good report explaining a brand new law that is being worked on in San Jose, California, that is, uh, well, I hate to skip to the end of the beginning, but I think judges around the country are ready to give it a good, hard swatting. But it is a serious Second Amendment development. Let's start with clip number 20, please. This is Scott Cohn of CNBC. San Jose is one of the hundreds of American communities rocked by mass shootings. That's not to mention everyday gun violence in America's 10th largest city. For San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo, enough was enough. His local solution require all gun owners living in the city to carry liability insurance and require them to pay an annual fee to support a new nonprofit organization aimed at reducing gun violence. Ah. A fee that's going to reduce gun violence. Okay, that'll be uh, that'll be effective. The gun violence fee, of course. Why didn't I think of that? That will be spent doing what now? Oh, oh, you haven't figured that part out yet. Well, I'm sure it'll work. Here's the mayor saying words. 21. More than 200 San Joseans every single year suffer death or serious injury as a result of firearms. And we must do whatever we can within our power to prevent another family from experiencing yet another devastating loss. And me, as a law-abiding gun owner, contributes to those uh, people dying or not? Those of us who are not part of a culture of gun violence, those of us who have no murderous intent, I thought it was interesting, Mayor Sam, that you said, 
We must do whatever is in our power. That in our power part is a bigger deal than I think you realize. He could just be taking a page from President Biden or, you know, recent politics in general. You do what uh, what what looks good to your crowd, knowing that it will get slapped down. Joe Biden you get knew credit for trying. Yeah. yeah, you get credit for trying. Joe Biden knew that he couldn't mandate workplaces vaccinate their workers as president. They did it anyway. Here's a little more detail on what's being proposed in 22. Licardo likens the insurance provision to the requirement that car owners carry auto insurance. And he says the new nonprofit funded by gun owners can help reduce gun violence. But gun rights advocates are already vowing to challenge the ordinance in court. The city council has received dozens of letters and messages ahead of the meeting, many calling the ordinance unconstitutional. This is an attack on our Second Amendment right to own firearms and doesn't stop gun violence, one wrote. Instead, go after the people who commit gun violence. Yeah, that whole car insurance thing is a good argument What with the constitutional right to own a car. I'm convinced after hearing that that uh, it is a performative thing. It's the Joe Biden thing. It's the it's the Trump uh, border thing or Obama border thing. It's just it's it's a gesture to your crowd that you're trying. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to get too deep into the, uh, there's, that's, that's akin to a confession. I don't want to get too deep into the constitutional law here, Jack, because as you know, I almost went to law school, but I think the reason people are saying it's unconstitutional is because it's clearly unconstitutional. I think that's most of why they're saying that. Yeah. So they voted 10 to 1. You're required to purchase liability insurance for exercising a uh, constitutional right. And eight to three, they voted that you have to pay a compulsory annual fee of $25 to a nonprofit organization focusing on gun violence prevention programs. So if you, if you refuse to quarter troops, do you have to pay into a compulsory non, nonprofit to make sure British soldiers have food? Or what, what the hell? If you exercise a fundamental constitutional right, you have to pay a fee to a nonprofit that you had nothing to do with forming or approving or vetting or anything. We have breaking news, and it fits in with this very story. As a Supreme Court justice has just announced they are going to retire, Justice Stephen Breyer is going to retire. I don't see any verbiage as to when, though, because obviously that's an opportunity for Biden to appoint a lefty judge, and you get that whole thing going. Is he going to do it before the Republicans take back the Supreme Court? I would assume so. Wouldn't you? Breyer has been under enormous pressure from friends and foes on the left to quit while there's a Democrat in the White House. So, yeah, I suspect very, very, very strongly. I'm sorry. I think uh, he's going to do it in a hurry. I think I said before Republicans take back the Supreme Court, before the Republicans take back the Senate, because obviously Biden can't get through uh, whoever he wants to get through uh, if the Republicans have 50 votes or more. Um, So it's got to be soon. Well, right. Mitch McConnell might say, it's an election year again. <laughs> In odd numbers years where we haven't had the adequate rainfall, you cannot. <laughs> I got it right the first time, and then that last one, I just, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm just stupid thinking, son of a bitch. No, just, what? What did you call me, you ancient bastard? Boy, if you likes these Supreme Court battles, there oh. comes one. Well, at least our side gets to engage in some absolutely ridiculous adolescent hyperbole for a while. Right. So whatever woman he names, the the right can claim they're a puppy kicker and bring someone forward and says, I saw her kick puppies my entire, I was in a college dorm room and she kicked puppies all night long. 
I've seen her set fire to the Constitution at a communist rally. <laughs> While kicking puppies. While kicking puppies. The poor puppies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. How much, More insanity. How much time have I got, Michael? You know what I can't do with the talent I really don't have? I was just huh. looking up at the TV. This, this seems to be a popular thing for some people. Like, uh, younger people do it on TikTok all the time. And I've seen commercials recently, and I was looking at a country star up there doing it. Dads and daughters do it a lot. The the choreographed dancing, like in your living oh. room or your kitchen or whatever, hmm. I couldn't do that if you offered me a hundred grand. I, I can do it like I could memorize, like, jump, jump, clap. I just did it. But beyond that, <laughs> and in coordination with the other people, how is that so oh. popular? Most people must be able to do that more effortlessly than I can. Yeah, I remember so vividly. I was in high school. Gladys, we barely have a minute, but there's always time for harp. I was good at a lot of things. I was good at singing. I was good at acting. I was good, and, and then it was time to choreograph a, a, a dance. It was a musical I was in. And I was like, wow, I, I'm terrible at this. Okay, time to bear down. Time to focus. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> and I just sucked. As hard as I worked on it, it was incredibly difficult for me. The idea that there's not a such not such thing as talent. Anybody who says that deserves a slapping. <laughs> if you have a talent for slapping people, seek those people out and get, yeah. how do you memorize all those moves in what order they're in and everything like that? I just I don't get it. Let alone perform Can't. them. Um, it. If you hey, you know what you want me to try at gunpoint, let's both save ourselves some trouble. Shoot me now. Go ahead. <laughs> If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. The new anti-work movement that's gotten popular we'll talk about to kick off hour four of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.